Welcome back to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiba, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of creativity with you. Each week, I'm hashtag gifting you two episodes with ways you can become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best-kept industry secrets to creating content worth remembering. Sound good? All right, let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, it's Kate, your friendly neighborhood influencer, momager. If you call me Chris, I will not be mad. Um, (laughs) And also an art director in the advertising industry. Before I let you meet my guest, I want to give you a little bit of a scoop about her and what we will be talking about in this episode. Her name is Irina Fichenka, and she started her influencer career in 2016 when she moved to Mexico from Ukraine. She's currently residing in Los Angeles. She's a TV host, an influencer, and an influencer coach who's amassed over 800,000 subscribers on YouTube with over 50 million views on videos like moving to new countries and learning new languages, traveling, sketches, and also documentaries. She's currently an influencer coach that's helping creators like herself build a full-time income and be able to create a career out of what you love. So if you're interested in learning more about Irina's journey and the stigma around the word influencer and how this industry is actually important for all of us, whether you're a creator, a brand, a manager, a marketer, advertiser, keep on tuning in. See you in the next segment. I'm excited to to talk with you about your background in the influencer industry and also just the stigma that the word influencer has in the industry and in turn, ultimately how that word and the profession is actually really important to all of us, businesses, brands, creators alike. And too, thank you. Tell me a little bit about your background. I know that you've been in the industry for a while and I'd love to hear how you got started. What is your, your favorite thing about being a creator, but also an influencer coach now as well? Mm-hmm. Okay, Kate, thank you for having me here. Uh, well, I started to upload videos. No, I actually started with Instagram in 2016, like seriously, mm-hmm. I wanted to grow followers. So I like Insta- I like actually the old Instagram, you know, when it know. was just pictures and it was so easy, so cool. Well, the reels are also great opportunity to grow, but I, I, I miss that Instagram, old Instagram. So uh, I started to upload uh, pictures to Instagram and then videos to YouTube and my YouTube started to grow. I wasn't expected. So I am from Ukraine originally and my move to Mexico was, one, seven, no, almost nine years ago. And mm-hmm. my YouTube channel was like about my journey, how I moved to Mexico, how I learned the language. And it's just the people like that. And like from what I see right now as an also influencer coach, it was a huge trend in that time. A lot of foreigners came to me when they started to upload videos in Spanish and we all grew based on this in like trend because people wanted to know our experience there mm. and so video explode I had like maybe 200,000 views and wow. I was like didn't expect that at all 
uh, but I didn't took it seriously after like one year one year after that. So <laughs> it was um, it took me a long time to understand like what to do. I I uploaded videos uh, about another staff, uh, but I didn't know how to make a strategy. I was procrastinating. I uploaded like one video every two months. Wow. But then then in 2017 I started to take it seriously. I started to upload videos two times a week. Mm -hmm. I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't know what kind of content I need to do. Uh, and then like trying, trying, trying. And then I found what is my niche, what I need right. to do and what is my purpose also on, on YouTube, what I need to do to make some changes in the audience. Like what is my purpose? I think it's important for, for every influencer make a purpose. But I, I didn't start to call myself as influencer. I think till maybe 2018 when I quit my job and I go, went full time. Mm -hmm. uh, so my YouTube channel also one was my tool to get a job on TV, on broadcast. So That's I right. My... You're also a TV host as well. Yeah. So I wanted to practice my Spanish. I wanted pra to practice on camera because I was, was very bad sincerely I wasn't good I was uh, very shy I was speaking very low you know and I wanted to practice so my channel was my tool to practice and I actually actually producers saw me on my YouTube channel and they hired me oh my god <laughs> yes that's why it's so powerful social media we think like nobody will see it but you need only one view maybe to change your life Right, exactly. You never know who's watching. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's how I started. And then I went full time and there was a lot of learning because I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't know how to, to do it the right way actually to make money there. Right. And yeah. now you've amassed um, over 800,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I think a similar amount also on Instagram as well. And this is a perfect segue because you've been in the industry for so long and you've had so much experience. You've said you've made mistakes, you've had successes. There was a lot of learning lessons along the way. What are maybe some stigmas that you think that you've dealt with as a creator? And then some stigmas that you probably see in your coaching clients as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, on YouTube, right, I just hit 800,000 followers and Instagram, I, I have 170, oh, okay. so I have le much less, yes, uh, YouTube is my biggest platform, uh, and then I also have Facebook page, which also grew, like, it's, <laughs> it's very funny how Facebook is growing, it's, it's amazing also, the people are sharing, commenting, and you have a quite big uh, grow there also as an influencer mm. uh, well uh, I started to notice like the stigma when people it's like ah the girl uploading videos a blonde girl that just want followers there um, and I don't know I, I never liked it and uh, I was always trying to give a informational video not just the like it doesn't matter actually if somebody wants just blog their life why not right people just want to do that why not and I started to hear my audience and I did documentaries about uh, like YouTube documentaries about Chernobyl nuclear tra tragedy mm -hmm. and they also went viral I wanted to tell people what is really happened there right and so they started to take me more seriously like the content I uploaded they understood I will provide more informational videos for them about my culture about the history of my country and uh, also about learning language 
languages. I had a lot of like tutorials, how to learn languages, how to uh, make an accent that you want or change the accent. So, and then the influencer, you know, because it's better to call yourself content creator and not influencer. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a stigma around the difference between the two words as well. Yes, and you know, uh, you see on Instagram, you can you have like a description. You can put what what are you doing, like digital creator, video creator. You have this. Uh, you have public figure, actor, and you don't have influencer. Right. No, it doesn't exist at all. Yeah, it's strange because this is a profession, and I well from what I see, like it's influencer is that just a person that upload videos of their life. They get stuff for free, and they just make it like trying uh, trying clothes and all of that. When it's not true, there are a lot of. It, while this is true, there are a lot of different influencers out right. there that actually they are not very commercial, maybe, but anyway, they are influenced people. It depends on the strategy and the niche you want to grow in. I, I think it's important to have purpose while you still can be commercial. Right. You still can get stuff for free, travel, get all this cool stuff. I, I had this cool stuff. I was invited by Toyota to travel in Mexico. I was invited by a language company to travel to LA to learn language. So it's cool. You always get this cool stuff. But um, I think if you are a content creator and you are listening to us right now, so it's good to have a purpose. Right. Some value that you're trying to contribute. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. What would you say, maybe aside from the stigma around influencers not being a real job, is there something else that you see within the reaction towards you as, a, as an influencer or in your influencer clients that they're dealing with as a stigma as well? So as an influencer, it's a good question. As an influencer, we have stigma by brands. And by society, by audiences, mm. because audience think we don't, you don't do anything, you just upload pictures. But as Your a brand, also, that's yes, there is there are a lot. Why is very good to market your brand with micro influencers? And brands know that micro influencers don't charge. That's why they suggest to market their products or services with micro influencer mm -hmm. influencers. While this is not a respectful way to work with influencers it right. doesn't matter what is your the size of your audience you need to charge for that because you are not only charging for the uh, for the number of followers that you have but also brands want rights for your uh, content you are making mm -hmm. and they want to use like user generated content and they want to use this and for me it's very i always say my clients like don't do that like at least uh, if you if you can't uh, work with brand uh, in exchange like you don't have very big audience right uh, at least charge for user generated content that they using your rights like as an actor well I worked also in this industry as a tv host as an actor as an actor commercials it's a big industry and actors charge also for acting in the commercial they are using your face your voice uh, your talent and right. then they sell they run ads with this uh, content and they sell their product at least you need to charge for that and the next uh, suggestion i will say quickly like do contract for no don't never do content um contract perpetually like forever give for, rights in for perpetuity your, yes yes where they own your 
your content rights. Three years. <laughs> yeah. well, normally it's maximum three years. And then if they want more, they need to, to give, like pay you more and make another contract. It's a real job. That's why I think our industry is, is, is difficult because of that. Right. Because of the side that brands don't, not all brands respect our work and they take like, I, you have just 10,000 followers. Like it's 10,000 people that are watching me. Like, why not? Why I wouldn't charge for that? Like, and you know, they, everybody knows that um, smaller influencer, they have better engagement. So, and higher conversion rates ultimately yes. for brands as yes. well. Yeah. I, it's interesting that you said that even though it's, 10,000 followers, it's still a lot of people. That's like if a brand were to open a pop-up or put up a billboard and they have 10,000 people who then ended up seeing that billboard, that's a lot of money that they would have to pay to create that advertisement, but then not paying an influencer that has this many people following them is absurd. So I completely agree with you on that as well. Yeah. You've immersed yourself in various different cultures. You're Ukrainian, you moved to Mexico, you've been in LA. Do you think that the stigmas experienced by influencers are shared across the world or are there different stigmas in different regions that you've personally lived in? Oh my God, very good question. Uh, yes. Well, so right now, I, I, two years ago, I moved to LA. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, it's definitely different in all these three countries. In Ukraine, I didn't know nothing about that. I wasn't, I was, I'm a civil engineer by my first education, <laughs> my university degree. And then I studied in Mexico communication and journalism. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and in Mexico, well, I am originally like a Mexican influencer. So there the industry is big, but anyway, you need a very good networking connections to get good brands to uh, work with mm -hmm. so if you are like it's problem with the middle influencers that we are not very big like not famous people but still influencers it's not so easy to get quality brands to work with okay still the stigma about like influencers just they don't do nothing it's funny because when we hear something bad about influencers like it's influencers fault and they are bad when we and we don't hear anything good like what influencers did and right now an example um the war in ukraine and there are a lot of influencers that are telling the truth what is happening and this is good that like the jobs what the job that are doing influencers right now is very beneficial because they are spreading the information so it depends like how media uh, they just look at the negative negative part of our work and they don't look in the positive part of our job so uh, in usa i could say this is the most professional industry if we compare with ukraine or mexico mm -hmm. still in ukraine i think the instagram influencers are very big especially especially like motherhood all these mom blogs oh, they're okay. huge it's so important like instagram is full like the mo the biggest audience on instagram i think there are women as mm -hmm. audience and also as influencers that's i i see it like that and we have more instagram influencers than youtube influencer there oh interesting. this is how i analyze it uh in mexico is more like 50 50 well right now tiktok is huge right of course uh so yes i see that in usa is more profound like the most professional uh, uh industry i i would 
see like in, if you compare with another countries yes and this is a good part of course right that's very interesting the other question i had immediately pop up you mentioned that either you or other creators are in this space where they're not super famous but they're also not really small creators you however are verified on social media do you experience a different experience than a creator that has you know, 150,000 followers, but they're not verified on social media. Is there like a different level of trust that brands or even other creators, your clients that are working with you have with you because you are verified? Oh, wow. It's a good question. I never, uh, well, I always knew like having a verified uh, page is of course in having, you have more trust. Since I don't know how it's for another influencers that are not verified, I didn't, well, I have a lot of brands influencers, like million followers, two million followers, less, half a million followers, but we never spoke about the verification. I think it's helping, yes, mm -hmm. but it's not the only sign. There are a lot of people out there that are of verified, course. but they have 20,000 followers and they are not um influencers at all they just um important people in their industry so i think it's helping and um uh, but it's not the only thing which is important of course yeah yes i was curious to see if if any brands have explicitly told you that mm. you know because you're verified that kind of adds an extra layer of trust or if you've ever heard that you should be charging more because you are verified, not just in your industry as a TV host, as an actor, but also as an influencer. Do you think that if there was another creator that approached you and asked like, oh, well, I'm verified too. I'm also an influencer. I'm also an expert in my industry. Do you think I should be charging extra for the fact that I am verified mm -hmm. in the, so to say, in the influencer yeah. world? if i would speak to another creator that are verified like you know we as a people out there on social media we need to use our, all our assets right so and it doesn't matter maybe you don't have a lot of followers but you have another assets maybe you are verified it's your asset if you are not verified maybe you have some uh another assets that you managed to build before you was on social media and right. we need press to coverage or another yes. business, something that can give you that level of authority expertise everything is asset so if you have something you can put on your media key that will give you a level of trust you can put and i think since you since you asked me this question i will put this on my media key that mm -hmm. i'm verified and i am verified on facebook also it was very difficult to very to get verified on facebook mm -hmm. and like i know that right now is almost impossible and i uh, it was a tv broadcast that verified me uh and so I think in Facebook, it's also important. I had a company approaching me that wanted to make uh, like a three years contract about like making uh, content for Facebook and they will monetize and it will help me all of that. And I think, and I was going to say, say them to tell them that, look, I'm verified. You can pay me like that. You need to pay more or something like that. You can negotiate because since it's more difficult to get verified you need to negotiate it you need to use all your assets right of course yeah so it does seem like there's this maybe implied 
additional level of trust that brands have with you because you do have, like you said, that extra asset of being verified, of being an expert in your industry as well, which is very interesting. And my last question for you, and this is something I like to ask creators, and I think especially this will be interesting because you're also coaching creators. Looking back when you first started, I know it was a completely different era of social media. Instagram was different. Everything was different. But looking back, if you were to start over today, what is one thing that you wish you knew that you maybe know now that you could use to your advantage if you were to start over? Okay, good question. When I started, I used on Instagram, I did a lot of, uh, well, I, I learned uh, in, on the online courses. So the strategy I used that time was follow for follow. Don't use it right now, of course, because <laughs> it's very old. But I used that. It was 2016 and it worked. Uh, and then YouTube. YouTube, of course, gave me this exponential growth. So what I would, uh, how I see how I grew, I always thought like there ain't nobody like me. Uh, like I was always comparing me to big stars, celebrities. And I was trying to like what I am doing, like I'm a lifestyle influencer or I'm a travel influencer and I am a, or maybe I'm a comedy because I, I also uploaded like sketches funny videos sarcastic videos i upload on my channel you can find anything like uh, documentary series uh, videos um very sad videos uh, sketches travel blogs like uh, q a everything you don't have to be it's difficult to be sometimes some something um to be like others because it's mm-hmm. your own niche and i think um, more uh, Sorry, my English. Uh, Right now, is a lot of influencers out there, and will be. There are a lot of niches, like niches of the niches, even. So, create your own niche. If you are, I I like you know, in my strategies that I suggest to content creators, try to um, combine. So it's cool to have something interesting, like not a classic nomad digital nomad but maybe a digital nomad that is vegetarian or i don't know digital nomad that is uploading and makeup videos like being multi-dimensional as opposed to just like one thing right yes combining niches it's it's a good strategy because you can combine something that is unique for you right it's okay you don't have to be like just a makeup influencer there are a lot of for example food recipes uh there there is creator out there and she's doing like funny voiceovers it's the food recipe it's cool it's very good quality um everything is great but you can't just upload the like food recipe with the music and just it you need to do something cool the the concept is important so she's making like uh, funny voiceovers about like my ex-husband or my husband something like that it's it's funny oh and... i think i've seen this yeah the voiceovers completely do not match the Unique. video at all but they're very funny and they keep you entertained yes like uh, i think her name is unique or starting yeah, I, with yeah, unique, yeah? I will link her in the description box but i know exactly who you're talking about <laughs> yeah so it's funny you know it's something like uh you you can do like uh, you do uh stuff that other people are doing but you add something yours the concept what is your concept what is your purpose like what are you defending what i like to call it ideology 
So what I would uh, suggest to myself if I was starting again is to try to make my own concept. It took me a lot of years to under, understand that. And also what I would suggest right now for influencers that want to grow, I would definitely use TikTok reels or some content that are trending like, right now that um, giving you the opportunity to grow quickly. I don't believe in that, that you need years to grow. If something is not working, it's, we need to change it. So right. YouTube sometimes taking a lot of time uh, to grow um, because it's a very big uh, algorithm, very complicated. Uh, so if you like, you're watching TikToks, you're watching Reels, try to use it. And I think there you, we can find right now a big exponential growth. So maybe it's not one week or two months, maybe it's longer, but definitely will. if you have, it, have the right strategy, I think it would take you less than a year to establish yourself as a leader in your niche. And it's important to be a leader, not just an average content creator. That's why this is like my, what I promoting, don't be an average content creator, be an influencer, the person that's changing your niche, that is a leader in, your, in the niche, that is pursuing uh, the important stuff, uh, stuff out there, not just posting content and um, waiting brands to pay you a lot of money because you just post a picture but be different why they are be uh, why the brands will be approaching you exactly and uh, this is also an asset you can use to negotiate better brand deals that's a very very good point of like being different i am a manager for influencers but i'm also an art director in the advertising industry and so my preference when i look for influencers to take under management or just influencers I'm very fascinated by as a consumer as well, are people that can tell really great stories. And usually they are people that are multidimensional. So they're representing not just one aspect of their life, but they're able to encapsulate their entire personality, their interests, everything in their content. So it feels like I'm following a human being and not somebody who's just like one dimensional in just one area. Cause then it's, you burn out as a creator. And then as an audience member, I get tired and I don't get fascinated after a while anymore. So that's definitely a good point. You mentioned sure. something and I want to ask you a bonus question. Mm -hmm. So there is this myth and a fear amongst content creators, specifically ones that haven't been in the industry for that long, that the influencer industry is dying. Do you think that this is true in any way? Or do you think that the influencer industry is arguably more important than ever? Oh, wow. Well, I never thought about the, the industry is dying. I think it's growing exponentially. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I right now I follow a lot of um, pages and accounts that are transparent. They are posting uh, what brands are paying to influencers yes. and you can see so there are more tools than ever to check if they are fair with you or not. There are a lot of influencer coaches. This industry is just starting. I think it's more difficult right now to become a celebrity influencers like okay. Casey Neistat. It's more difficult. And uh, it's happening when the um, new concept is going live like i don't know daily blogging mm -hmm. or tiktok when the, the tiktok launched uh, well the, the, the tiktok grew we found a new influencer new celebrity influencers like um, 
I forgot her name, Demi, the, the TikTok star. Oh, yeah, Charlie D'Amelio, her yeah. sister Dixie, yeah. Addison, yeah, all of those. Uh, yes, like they're celebrities because they was like first they out there, but it doesn't mean maybe right now it's difficult to become a celebrity influencer, but definitely to uh, become an influencer and a leader in your niche is totally possible. Right. I mean, you just need a right strategy. And as I told, uh, told before, like I said before, be unique. And uh, I would also say, uh, don't forget the drama. <laughs> I like like don't create drama just in the, just to create a drama. But some influencers they are afraid of ha- haters, and they want just always be neutral. You can be an influencer if you don't if you are afraid of haters and you don't want to to make any like to receive hateful comments. You always need to be. You can be neutral. Yeah, I agree. I think something I tell influencers all the time is the online world is very similar to the real world. There are going to be people that are going to be mean and you have people in real life that are negative towards you. That will happen on the internet too. There will be people that will be more popular than you. Okay, that's fine. There will be people that have different personality traits, different stories that they're telling And I think not comparing yourself is also a really important thing. That's obviously easier said than done, but just understanding that you have a special superpower and that's you and your personality and what you have to contribute. And somebody else has a totally different journey and totally different personality and story to tell. Yeah, that's why it's great because you can be unique. The social media give you this opportunity. Yeah, 100%. Well, I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing a little bit more about your background and um, your perspectives on the influencer industry. So I'll link all of Irina's uh, social media handles in the description. You can go follow her. You can also download a free ebook that she has about how to create a career in the industry. Yes, actually, just right now I'm offering a free strategy call with me. Uh, so you can find it and you can uh, you can schedule the call and we can speak about totally free this strategy call because I like to speak to content creators and then we'll see how we can work together awesome thank you so much Irina it was so nice meeting you Thank you very much, Kate. Thank you, everybody. Hey, it's me again. I hope you loved this episode with Irina and I. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you're watching on YouTube under Kindly Gifted Podcast. And if you're listening anywhere you listen to podcasts, Irina's information will be linked in the description box below, along with where you can book a free strategy call with her if you're interested. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.